And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hyde here, deep beneath world headquarters in the heart of America. It is Thursday, May 6th, otherwise known around here as Mrs. Boss's birthday. Happy to be here, folks. If you are here with us live, you can jump in the chat and uh, share your thoughts. We're broadcasting to YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey. It looks like everything is going like it's supposed to go, maybe. I don't know. I might have just jinxed it. If you are not here live, if you're in replay, you can still leave us a comment and let us know what you think about any of the topics that we have or any of the guests, or if you want to suggest guests, we're open to that as well. Email address live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. We're on all the socials. Like all of this, just about all the socials. We've got a newsletter you can sign up for. And if you prefer to get your shows in podcast form, we are all over the podcast players of choice. You can find us over there. Just do a search for sci-fi for me. And there we are. And it appears we're picking up some new people in different territories. Welcome to our listeners in Malaysia. That popped up this week as a new uh, a new territory, I guess you could say, where where people are listening to our podcast. We've had people listening in Sweden and Germany and France and Paris and India, Australia. It's always good to pick up another uh, another few batch of listeners so welcome hopefully you stick around and if you are listening to us uh, on a podcast player uh, it would be very helpful if uh, if you would rate and review the episodes that helps the algorithms even though algorithms are always constantly on the move in flux and there's no guarantee that uh, any activity this week is going to have an effect on anything next week. But that's okay. We're here for you. We're not here for YouTube. We're not here for Twitter. We're not here for Odyssey. We're here for you. We're here because we enjoy doing this. And if you would indulge me for just a moment, since I've mentioned it, it is Mrs. Boss's birthday. Happy birthday to you. <gasps> Happy birthday to you. That's the a- ASMR version, right? Does that work? All right. So uh, today we've got news breaking this week that we now have casting on the new Red Sonia movie. That's coming out. Hannah John Kamen will star in the picture, in the title role. And um, it sparks, as these casting announcements do, it sparks a discussion over the erasure of redheads 
And I know some people will sit there and go, oh, that's not really a thing. It actually is a thing, and it is demonstrated to have been a thing. And we're going to get into that a little bit, because while Hannah John Kamen might have the acting chops, and in this particular case, let's let's say, you know, she's physically, she she looks the part. I mean, the physicality of it, in in terms of her stature and her and her uh, her build, uh, she's athletic. She's done stunts and and she's been in action pictures before, so she's got that going for her. No no doubt about that. But she's not a redhead. Now that's easily fixable. Color the hair, put on a wig. That's fine. But one must also consider that Hannah John Kamen is not white, which is not a big deal on the surface. It's not. And Hollywood can cast whoever they want to cast in whatever role they want to cast. But it follows a trend that a lot of people have noticed where you have people of color replacing redheads, specifically redheads. And a lot of people are asking why this is. Hannah John Kamen is from England. Her father is Nigerian. Her mother, I believe, is uh, Swedish or Norwegian descent. It matters not in the grand scheme of things, but for the purposes of this discussion, I'm asking the question here. Does Hollywood have it out for redheads? And I'm not the only one asking questions. Here's one here. This is a Neo Gaff. I'm not sure what this is. The, the, the thread, the topic of the discussion, is Hollywood prejudiced against redheads. And this goes back to the casting of Halle Bailey in The Little Mermaid. But along this thread, there are images of all sorts of redheads, redhead characters, who have been replaced by people of color. Sierra Renee playing Hawkgirl in the CW's Legends of Tomorrow. Hawkgirl, Shara Hall, traditionally has been a redhead. Now, when she was first introduced, she had black hair. And then you have Iris West. When she was first introduced in the comics, her hair was a little bit auburn. But traditionally, both of these characters have been portrayed as redheads in the comic books, in the animated pictures. And then, of course, there's Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, when he was very first introduced, way, way back in the beginning, he was blonde. But that very quickly changed. And Jimmy Olsen has been a redhead for... Decades. Little Orphan Annie is another example. And you have these uh, these different, you know, here's an article over Bound in Comics looking at redheads that have been replaced and race swapped, and there are a lot of them. Cyclone from the Justice Society is going to be played by Quintessa Swindell in the new Black Adam movie. Not a redhead. Cyclone has been a redhead since she was first introduced. Of course, you have Hot Girl there, and like I said, right there, there's her. There's one of her first introductions. You know, she was a brunette, but it quickly changed over to red, 
and she's been redhead all, all this time. Iris West is the same way. And Iris West is being played by a person of color in two different filmed media iterations, both in The Flash on the CW and in The Flash in the DCEU. But here you see her first introduction. She's got red hair. And in the animated pictures. Now we mentioned Jimmy Olsen here. Wally West. Now I'm gonna I'm I'm going to I'm going to put a caveat here because Wally West, there are when when uh, this is this is a this is a bone I'm gonna pick with DC because Black Wally West was introduced in the New 52 initiative. This is when they shook things up after Flashpoint and they rearranged the universe and they reset the clock, as it were, for everybody. And they introduced a new kid Flash, Wally West, who was black. And there was a hue and cry, where is Wally? Where's the real Wally? Where's redhead Wally? And when we got Rebirth, which reset the timeline and... and fixed, quote-unquote, fixed things, it brought redhead Wally West back and introduced, and basically retconned black Wally West as another Wally. A different Wally. They have the same father, redhead Wally and black Wally, but different mothers. And that's how they, that's how they skipped around that one. But the original Wally West was a redhead. Starfire, again, this one's got a little bit of a fudge factor on it because Starfire is from another planet. And traditionally, her skin has been colored with an orange tint. In some places, it's kind of a dark Mediterranean tan type of thing. But it's usually, she's orange. But she's a redhead. And Anna Diop is not. Now, I know they, they color her hair orange-red fire thing when her powers activate, but she's not a redhead. Batwoman, again, see, we're just, we're just going through the list here. Batwoman was a redhead, Kate Kane. Now, again, this is another one of those fudge factors because Javicia Leslie is not playing Kate Kane. Javicia Leslie is playing Ryan Wilder, who's a brand new character, who is not the original Batwoman. Kate Kane is a redhead. And so this one I don't think counts. April O'Neil and uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When she was first introduced, she was a brunette in the books, you know, in the art by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. But traditionally when you get into some of the uh, some of the later comics and the animated pictures and the and the movies she's been a redhead now megan fox played her in the most recent film brunette which goes back to her original look but you have this animated uh rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles where she was race swapped electro one of the bad guys from Spider-Man. I didn't even know this one, but you know he's played by uh, he's played by Jamie Fox in Spider-Man Three, starring Andrew Garfield. But he's a redhead, dark red hair. Commissioner James Gordon 
when he's younger, a lot of his portrayals in the in the in the comic books, when he's a young Jim Gordon, and even way way back in the early days, he had red hair, and you've got Jeffrey Wright playing him in the new Matt Reeves Batman movie. Jeffrey Wright is not a, be- a redhead. Heimdall. How many of you knew that Heimdall was a redhead in the Thor comics? See, and this is the thing. You have people that are watching these movies and watching these TV shows, and they have absolutely no idea, no understanding of the comics heritage that these shows go against because, let's, let's be frank, not too many people are reading comic books. There are more people that watch the movies and watch the TV shows than there are reading the comic books. And that number, those who are actually interested in comics and reading comics, that number continues to dwindle as more people migrate over to manga and abandon Western comics over quality, craft, politics, what have you. So a lot of people don't know the history of these characters. So they don't know that Hollywood is not being faithful to the source material. So Heimdall, when he was introduced, he had black hair, but he very quickly switched over and was, had, had a red, red, red head. He was a redhead until he was played by Idris Elba in the movies. Idris Elba is not a redhead. Bo from She-Ra. Redhead. Adult. Grown up. Bo in the She-Ra fanfic reboot. Not a grown up. Not a redhead. But, oh, that haircut. Look at that haircut. Now, again, he's another one that's had black hair. And, and it's, it's interesting to me that you have people, and I, and I don't know if this is an Irish thing because I'm not familiar with it, but there are a lot, of, a lot of Irish who have black hair as well. So I don't know if this is the coloring of the time, you know, the, the colorist. Uh, the colorist for these books and and that particular design because of how they're printed because of of uh, how because of the process of creating comics I don't know uh, I do know that on television the color red uh, we have a tendency to avoid the color red in television especially in terms of graphics because on the old cathode ray tubes Red was more susceptible to what we call bleed. If you, if you watch an old TV, uh, certain colors have a tendency to kind of fade and dissolve out into the others, and they kind of blend, and you get this kind of a fog around certain colors. Red was notorious for that. And red in a graphic... Now, I... I, I'm guilty of it here, but on, on the computer, red doesn't have a tendency to do that as much. So it's not as much of a worry nowadays with HD and LED, you know, LED screens and flat screens and computer screens and all of that. But in the old days with the cathode ray tubes, 
you had three different pixels of color, red, green, blue. And the red had a tendency to shift and, and overpower everything, everything else. So it almost looked like there was this little bit of a glow and is very distracting. So for decades, we were told, don't, don't do a lot of red in your graphics. And that, still, and that could be the case here. It could very well be that the registry on the printers, you know, red has a tendency to bleed. So that could be why some of these characters started out with black hair, and as printing processes got better, then they became redheads, I guess. I don't know. Ariel and the Little Mermaid, we already mentioned her, being played by Halle Bailey in the new, in the new picture, in the new adaptation. Um... She's been a redhead this whole time. I think she was a redhead even in the Hans Christian Andersen story. Josie and the Pussycats. Josie's a redhead. Ashley Murray, who plays Josie in the Riverdale universe, is not a redhead. And this even goes into to anime. Here's Isaac Laforez. Laforez. From Castlevania in Netflix. And the character in the book, character in the video game, is different from the character that, uh, that shows up in the anime. Ripcord from G.I. Joe. See, here we are. We've gone 20 minutes going off on, on various different characters who started out as redheads and, and are, are being played by not redheads. And we haven't even finished this list yet. Show's half over. Well, show's a third of the way through. Marlon Wayans playing Ripcord in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Marlon Wayans is not a redhead. Now, I do believe that he's played a white female before. So does he get a pass? But Ripcord in the G.I. Joe stories was a redhead. Until he wasn't. Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man books. Not a redhead in the movies. But he is a redhead going way back to the beginning of Spider-Man. Here's Steve Ditko's artwork. There's Flash Thompson right there in the middle of that group. And he's a redhead. And of course, Mary Jane Watson, the famous redhead supermodel girl next door. Now, again, this is another one of those where I think, I think, and this is a suspicion on my part, this is not, this is not anything that has been confirmed one way or the other that I've seen. But when Zendaya was cast as MJ, when they revealed that Zendaya was MJ, there were a lot of people who had a fit because MJ is Mary Jane Watson's nickname. And they've backtracked on this some and said, no, 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 no. This is, this is, uh, this is a, different, a different MJ. This is Michelle, Michelle Jones, Michelle Johnson. It's, this is not Mary Jane. Her name is Michelle. But that felt like a backtrack. It felt like... They were retroactively saying, this is not Mary Jane Watson. 
So there's a possibility still that we could see Mary Jane Watson in the Spider-Man movies, but I doubt it because we already have an MJ. It's just not Mary Jane. By the way, J. Scott Campbell uh, over the weekend kind of pushed back a little bit on these people that want to correct artwork. Um, did a fine job of it too, I'd say. Lana Lang. Lana Lang has always been a redhead. Until she wasn't, Kristen Crook playing Lana Lang in the Smallville CW series. She is Chinese-Canadian. Her mother, I believe, is Chinese. But she's been a redhead this whole time, and now she's, you know, again, she's a brunette in, in Superman and Lois. And you have Alicia Masters in the Fantastic Four stories. She's been a redhead all this time until she wasn't. See, and this, you think this is a recent thing. It's not. This goes all the way back to the Fantastic Four movies. This has gone back a while now where you have people of color replacing redheads. And the question is, why? She's been race-swapped in the animated pictures as well. But she's always been a redhead, as you can see here. Little Orphan Annie, we've already talked about her. She's a redhead. Uh, Cecile Horton, the lawyer who's on, uh, I think she's she's district attorney on The Flash over on the CW. She's played by Danielle Nicolette, who's not a redhead. And look, th these people do a fine job playing the characters, don't get me wrong, but they don't, they, they don't look like the characters. And again, nobody who... Nobody who's watching these has read the comics. Not many of them. Alice Monaghan over in uh, Hellboy, the Hellboy series. Sasha Lane played her. Not a redhead. See, and it just goes on and on and on and on. Artemis from DC Comics, played by Ann Wolfe in the movies in the recent DCEU. She's got the build for an Amazon, no question. But she's not Artemis. Artemis is a redhead. Artemis has always been a redhead. And when Artemis wore the Wonder Woman costume, it was notable by contrast because she was a redhead. And you have a redhead wearing the Wonder Woman outfit. And people were like, whoa, hey, whoa, what is this? And it turns out Artemis got to wear the costume for a while. But Artemis has always been a redhead. Fire Fist. This is, from, uh, this is from the Deadpool stories, played by Julian Dennison, was race swapped, but Firefist has always been a redhead. This, this is a trend, and it's not a trend that I understand. I can make assumptions, but I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand this trend. I, I get race swapping certain characters. You know, we got Michael B. Jordan playing uh, Johnny Storm in the last Fantastic Four movie. It happens. It's going to happen. And especially this day and age, when progressive politics take over everything and de the, the demand is made for more representation, okay, fine, make your own characters. Make new characters. Give us new stories with new heroes that we can root for. 
Super JLK in the chat says they don't even dye the hair. I think the Josie thing might have been done to avoid confusion with Cheryl, but it's the only legitimate reason I can think of. Fair point. But uh, the other the other side of that is that Josie and the Pussycats already had a a, a member of you know a person of color in the band. You had a redhead, you had a brunette who was also black, and you had a blonde. Now, it, it should be noted that in the Josie and the Pussycats movie uh, that was here a few years ago, Josie wasn't, well, she was kind of a dark redhead. But it was more auburn brown than it was red. But I'm specifically wondering why you have this particular type of switch where a redhead is replaced by a person of color, usually a black person, an African-American. Why? I, 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 I would like for somebody to explain to me the reasoning behind that specific switch because it happens so often, and it's exactly the same thing. You have a black person replacing a redhead. Why? Now, I will also note that Barry Allen in the movies is not a blonde like he should be because that's what he is in the, in, the, in the comic books. But he hasn't been replaced by a person of color. He's just got somebody who's not blonde. Ezra Miller, Grant Gustin, John Wesley Shipp, none of them are blonde. And I don't understand that either. But over and over and over and over and over again, we have redheads, specifically redheads, being replaced by blacks. And I, I don't understand it. I don't see the reason behind it. If somebody can explain it to me and I get a little aha moment, that's fine. But if all we're doing is swapping race because my representation, that's the wrong thing to be doing. Because redheads are a minority too. And I... I think I, I ran across a, a statistic, and I don't know how accurate this is. I read somewhere 2 to 3% of the population are redheads. And blacks make up something like 13, 14% of the population. So, so redheads are even more of a minority. But if all, of, if all of this is just about what boxes we check off, that's... That it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, Hannah John Kamen may do a fantastic job as, as Red Sonia. No question. She's got the chops. She's got the experience. She's got the, she's got the stunt cred. She can do the action. But she has to be a redhead. Uh, Je what, Jem? Uh, Mindy's asking about Gem. You were talking about Gem and the Holograms? Oh, that's a good question. Gem and the Holograms. Let's go see. Let's go see. 
because in that's a good point when she was when she was first introduced uh when she was first introduced she was not well it's pink hair that doesn't count does it it's pink so well here she is here she is. here's a still from the movie is a redhead um but it's it's kind of a redhead brunette auburn thing i don't know <coughs> i'm not sure that pink counts uh as a as a color but really in terms of redheads we don't get a whole lot of redheads don't get very much representation we have merida in brave we have kim possible now, when Kim Possible got translated from, from animated to live action, they kept her red hair, which was good. A lot of people said that the movie wasn't all that great, and I could believe it. Black Widow is still a redhead, although she has been a blonde. But for the most part, she's still a redhead. Jean Grey, still a redhead in the movies, in the X-Men movies. Both, uh, both, um, um... Oh, my mind just went blank on who plays who plays that character. Uh, Natalie Dormer in the younger version. Um, oh, help me out! Who played her? Who played her in the in the X Men movies? Oh, it's uh, that's not that's not good. Um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna look it up because that uh, that's gonna bother me. I I I'm looking right at her. I'm seeing I'm seeing her in my in my head. Oh, all right, X-Men. Famke Jansen. All right, but she was portrayed as a redhead. But this idea of race swapping characters. I mean, what? The most egregious out of that entire list had to be Meekhead Brooks playing Jimmy Olsen. Because Jimmy Olsen has always been small of stature. He's, he's the Samwise. He's not, he doesn't have a huge amount of confidence. He's not very good with the ladies, traditionally. He is a redhead, freckle-faced kid. And he's got the enthusiasm of the kid. And he has some of the self-control of the kid. And then you have this six-foot-something-or-other, you know, athletic, hunky black guy playing Jimmy Olsen, who is traditionally supposed to be this nerdy ne'er-do-well who gets himself in trouble a lot. And it calls to mind what they're about to do to Superman. Now, this is, this is an article in Hollywood Reporter, so I'm going to assume that some of these people have absolutely no idea what they're talking about in terms of the comic books that they're talking about. <clears throat> this is Tatiana Siegel and Boris Kitt writing this article, and as, as we get through this, I don't want to go through this whole thing, but what I want to go to, down toward the lower half of this, um, they're talking about, you know, this, this Snyder, Snyder stuff being over and all of this other, but this, this paragraph here, 
Uh, I will read from the article. This is from Hollywood Reporter. I believe this dropped yesterday. The Superman film appears to be moving onto its own track and won't be part of the universe as of now. Talking about the DCEU. Sources tell THR that Coates, Ta-Nehisi Coates, who is a race hustler, leftist activist, who's going to be writing this, uh, crafting a Kal-El in the vein of the original Superman comics and will have the protagonist hail from Krypton and come to Earth. While the story is currently being crafted and many details could change, there's your out, one option under consideration is for the film to be a 20th century period piece. Okay. But it should be noted that the the spelling of Kal-El in this article is the traditional Kal-El with the hyphen that has always been Clark Kent. There is a Kal-El that spells without the hyphen, so it's K-A-L-E-L just all together, and that Kal-El also is a Kryptonian. That Kal-El is Calvin Ellis, who is on Earth, Two, I believe, now through the New 52. The Calvin Ellis Superman is black and was created because it was either it was either Brian Michael Bendis or Grant Morrison came up with him. I think it was Grant Morrison. Uh, was inspired by Barack Obama. So this is this is the Barack Obama Superman, Calvin Ellis, who is also Kal-El, who is also from Krypton. Now we've been hearing that this black Superman story is going to feature a Kryptonian. And the black Kryptonian Superman, you have two options. You have Calvin Ellis, or you have Val Zod. Val Dawes, Val Zod. So there are already characters who are not white, who are Kryptonian, who fit the bill if you're going to do quote-unquote so-called black Superman. And this article would seem to indicate that they're going to race swap Clark Kent. Now, I'm going to make the assumption. Now, Boris Kitt has been around the block a few times in terms of genre, so he probably knows better, maybe. But I have no idea about this Tatiana Siegel person writing this. So it's entirely possible, because it has been demonstrated on numerous occasions that some of these journalists who cover this stuff absolutely have no idea what they're talking about and no understanding of the history and the legacy of all of this. They just report it. And they don't know what it is, what they're talking about. So it's entirely possible that this article gets it wrong in terms of the spelling of Kalel, and we're not talking about race swapping Clark Kent, but instead we're going to get either Calvin Ellis or Valzad. That is perfectly acceptable. Especially if you're going to introduce the multiverse in the Flash movie. You can introduce different iterations of Superman. Now, a lot of people also have pointed out the tackiness of Warner Brothers dropping this news about black Superman on the birthday of Henry Cavill. That could be just a coincidence of timing. <clears throat>
But the question remains, why are redheads a target for Hollywood? What is it about redheads? And this is a specific question about redheads to Hollywood casting people. What is it about redheads that makes it okay to replace them? You're not replacing blondes like this willy-nilly left and right. You're not replacing brunettes like this willy-nilly left and right. You're replacing redheads specifically. And to a certain extent, a lot of these are well-known established redheads. At least to a certain segment of the population who still reads and cares about comics. Most of the general population, the normies in the group, if you will, they don't know these characters from Adam. They have absolutely no idea, nor do they care. But why redheads specifically? Now, I know that redheads have supernatural mystical powers... Some redheads are soul-sucking entities. I mean, that's the that's the that's the story, right? That's the tradition is redheads have always carried around some kind of a some kind of an ephemeral supernatural reputation for whatever reasons, probably because they're so rare. But why has Hollywood taken it upon itself to actively try to erase or at least reduce the profile of redheads in the media? It doesn't make any sense. Why redheads specifically, Hollywood? What is it that you have against that particular category of people? Is it a prejudice against redheads? Or do you think that redheads don't matter to the point where nobody's going to care that you race swap them? Because either way, it never it never looks good. Are you are you putting African Americans and people of color in the in the place of redheads because you don't think they'll fit anywhere else? Are you trying to do a kind of a minority for a minority swap? Because that doesn't make any sense either. Why redheads specifically? And why replace redheads more often than not with blacks or, or people of mixed heritage? You're not, you're not race swapping and throwing Hispanics into the place of redheads. You're not replacing redheads with Asians. I don't understand this one-to-one -one swap 
between redheads and people of color. People of color, quote unquote. Some people have more color than others. Robert in the chat, why do any people discriminate? It makes the people abusing them feel powerful and dominant. I, I, don't, know if that, I don't know if that factors into this or not. I don't see this as a power move so much because what do they get from it? And again, this goes back to the question. It does, it does prompt that question. Who benefits? Who benefits from the erasure of redheads in our filmed media? Is, is this some kind of affirmative action? We'll take the redheads out, they won't be missed, and we'll replace them with blacks? Because that's not right. It's not, you know, not only is it not fair to the redheads, but it's also not, not fair to the people of color who, who replace them. Because one, they're getting the benefit of the casting because of their skin color? How is, how is that a positive? You should be casting these roles based on the skill of the people who are auditioning for those roles. But you should specifically be looking for people who actually look like, resemble the source material to a certain extent. Because there are people out there who care about this sort of thing, who know the history of this sort of thing. And, and yet, you flip it around. You flip it around the other way. And it's a no-go from the very start. I mean, how many people would accept Storm, for example, in the X-Men, played by Amy Adams? Why not? Can we do that? No. Why not? Because it's racist? If you take an action in favor of someone because of skin color, one way or the other, white, black, yellow, brown, red, doesn't matter. If you favor someone because of their skin color, that is a racist practice. Is it okay to wipe out the redheads because they're white most of the time? And nobody, nobody's going to think about the racist aspect of this? Do you think that you're trying to do a favor for people of color in putting them in these roles instead of crafting new roles for them to inhabit and own and, and, and succeed with? I don't have an answer for this. I'm just asking questions. Why redheads specifically? Robert says racism is now white supremacy. Well, yeah, I mean, you can get into critical race theory and all of that. And 
the 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 social media definition of racism i i i don't accept and yes it does kind of kind of feel like we we're at the point where all whites are racist no matter what that's the default position but i have i have been of the opinion for a very long time well before i even started any of this media stuff I have always felt that the uh, that affirmative action by definition is a racist practice because you're basically telling people who are not white, oh, you poor dears, you can't do it on your own. You need help from the white privilege class and read that as Democrat politicians. We have to help you so you will be indebted to us and beholden to us. And as long as we continue to help you, you continue to vote for us, we'll continue to help you or at least say we'll help you. And this feels something like that, where there has been so much of a hue and cry over my representation and, and, and identity politics that it is, uh, it is infecting our casting decisions in Hollywood. But that still doesn't give me any insight, and I haven't seen a discussion anywhere where anybody really addresses it. I've seen tons of articles asking the question, why redheads specifically are being targeted like this? It makes no sense. Does it? Does it, does it make sense to anyone out there who can explain it to me? Because I don't understand this. We don't teach people critical thinking. We don't teach people and, and, you know, again, this goes back to merit versus what you know, who you know, or who you are, what you look like, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And if casting people are trying to somehow compensate... for whatever perceived lack of representation there is, again, I mean, that's fine. You want to you put people of color in and mix it up and, and make your cast more diverse. That's fine. That's, that's your choice. That's what you want to do. You have a right to do it. It's your company. It's your business. But why are you targeting redheads? It makes no sense. Speaking of which, we'll close out. We'll close out on a flounce, shall we? Uh, I'm not going to pull it up. But recently, we got a comment. We got a comment today from someone making a dramatic exit from our Instagram following, I'm not going to say who this was, but somebody that we've been following and somebody who's been following us 
took exception to a previous show, and this is the one in which I talked about Jason Sanford's hit piece against Bay and Books. And I'm just going to read... I'm just going to read this comment because the this this commenter starts off quoting from Jason Sanford's article. In one thread, a user asserted this is specifically about the Bayon, about Bayon's bar. This was the discussion the discussion bulletin board that got pulled down. In one thread, a user asserted that the point is to kill enough of the left that they cannot arise for another fifty years or more. You support this in the name of free speech. More like freedom of consequences. There's that again. I don't care what LeVar Burton says. This is not consequence culture. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's another show. Typical right-wing victimhood. Funny how you're all so outraged about having hate speech curtailed and you blame the cancel culture instead of taking responsibility for the actions of the extremists on the right. There are extremists on the left. Bayon voluntarily took down their own bar as a private business has every right to do when they think they're providing cover for racists and insurrectionists. That's not why she pulled that down. That's not why Tony pulled the, pulled the bar down. Then you blame the woke mob. You clowns all embarrass yourself. Case in point, what got me really looking at your account was your Gina Carano post. Right-wingers think they have every right to refuse to bake a cake for a gay person because freedom, spelled D-U-M-B, but when the shoe is on the other foot and Disney doesn't want to do business with an ignorant bigot, they all start crying that they are the real victims. What happened to your bootstraps and personal responsibility? Unfollowed. Okay, fine. Bye, Felicia. But to the point, and this, and this goes back to a conversation that I've had with several people here. At some point, we're going to be labeled, whether we choose to be labeled or not. And this is the exact kind of thing that I'm talking about because there's so much wrong in that comment. One, I have never, ever said that Disney had no right to decide to work with Gina Carano or not. What I have said, that it's not right how they handled the situation. And it's not right or Disney or any other company to have double standards when it comes to their HR practices because Pedro Pascal did almost the exact same thing, probably worse than what they accused Gina Carano of doing. And he gets a pass because he compared Trump supporters to Nazis. And that's okay. And as far as the whole gay couple baking a cake thing, they went and shopped around to find the, the bakery that would refuse them so they could make a case. Now again, you don't have to agree, and I mean this in a general sense, you, you don't have to agree with me. Some people on my staff don't agree with me on a number of things, and that's okay. And when it comes to the Baines Bar thing, Jason Sanford's article was criticized by people on both sides 
left and right. David Weber and Eric Flint both took after him as and said, this is a hit piece, taking all sorts of things out of context in order to promote a narrative, which is the exact same thing that the, that the rewriting Ripley people did. But if you want to look at our, and, and for the most part, I have made an effort to avoid diving into the drama and advocating for any, any, any position on anything. So if you actually have gone through our accounts like you say you have, you would not see a lot of the things that reflect how I actually feel about things. Because I deliberately avoid such posts. So if you see one or two and you think that is representative of the entire account, that's fine. And if you want to flounce and make an announcement that you're out the door, that's fine. That is that well done. Dramatic exit achieved. So we got our first flounce, ladies and gentlemen. And on that note, anyway, speaking of Gina Carano, coming up tonight on a special edition of The Ranker Pit, it's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. It's going to be an hour early. We're going to go a couple of hours. We're going to talk about the pilot episode, excuse me, the pilot episode of The Bad Batch which ran on May the 4th. And uh, we've got some invitations out for some guests. I have no idea if anybody's going to show up or not. We might even make it an open mic night. Who knows? And then coming up on Saturday, we have a new TARDIS sauce with the gang talking about Doctor Who. I'm not sure exactly what the, what the topic is going to be. We might eventually circle around to Doctor Who toys and collectibles. That's something I know they've been wanting to get at for a while. Uh, so... Uh, so there is that. We do uh, uh, invite you to tune in for that. If you're new to the channel, welcome. If you're if, uh, if you're listening to us uh, on a podcast, then we do ask you to rate and review, and feel free to share. Uh, feel free to uh, feel free to announce your flounce if that's what you're going to do. If if uh, if there's something here that you don't like, that's fine. Eventually, we'll probably do something that you like. You just got to stick around. It's, you know, law of averages and whatnot. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Don't forget to uh, catch us on all the socials. Ranker Pit tonight and uh, Good Morning Multiverse and Tartar Sauce on Saturday. And then we'll be back here on Monday with more. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, one more thing. Mrs. Boss Monday. I will not be here. Mrs. Boss will be covering... Uh, I have to actually go do some day job stuff. So Mrs. J Mrs. Boss will be in the big chair on Monday. So tune in for that. I don't know what she's going to talk about. She probably doesn't either yet. So uh, anyway, okay, that's it for us. Thanks very much, folks. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.